0: Welcome to a special episode of Bible Study, Parody and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel. I've often thought of what I'd say if I were invited to participate in one of those debates between a person of faith and an atheist— Perhaps you've heard of those or seen one. They're easy to find now on the internet. When I imagine what I'd say, I never actually get to the debate part, just the opening statement. In the ones I've seen, each person gets an opening statement. And I imagine arguing for something that I think will actually find common ground with my interlocutor. I don't want to say opponent because I don't want to look at that person as an opponent. And I hope that what I say is something that they might find, well, they might not fully agree with on a factual, scientific level, but perhaps on a moral level, on a poetic level. Maybe it's something they can ultimately resonate with. Maybe. Well, here's what I think I might say. First of all, I don't want to argue for belief in God or any particular religious system or story, Although I think stories are important, and I'll get to that. I want to argue first for spirituality in general, as opposed to a meaningless universe, for which there is plenty of evidence. I mean that there is plenty of evidence for a meaningless universe. But I nevertheless want to argue for spirituality, because spirituality is connectedness. And I want to argue for faith as solidarity. In the modern Western world, faith in its religious sense means, as Mark Twain once put it, believing what you know ain't true. Or actually, he said, believing what you know ain't so. But I like to say, believing what you know ain't true. It's a mental exercise in somehow believing in stuff that we have little to no experience with in our own lives that defies modern science and ignores the cruelty of the universe and the world we actually live in, and cherry-picks from all of that the good things that happen as evidence for God. That's what faith tends to mean for most of us in the Western modern Western world, a mental striving to believe in things we don't really believe in that we would never agree to or someone just to present it to us out of the blue and there were no community that holds these things as sacred or true. Or were we not to be craving for some sort of meaning in our lives and for the world that we live in? But that's not, for the most part, what faith meant in the ancient world that the Bible comes out of. Faith in the ancient world was not merely a religious thing. Faith was not a religious word, as it is today. Faith was political. It meant keeping faith with, keeping faith with someone or some group. The English translations of the Bible obscure this because they use modern religious language to translate the text. But worship, worship was something you did before a superior, especially a political ruler like a king or an emperor. You can still hear it in the language of English nobility when magistrates are still addressed as your worship. Faith had to do with loyalty to a king and or nation, and that nation's God. Your faith depended on your tribe or nation or political movement. So Jesus in the Gospels is initiating a peasant movement. Faith or solidarity among the peasants, with God as their only king. In other words, no human king, no king but God. Jesus teaches that in this new social order, which he calls the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, as opposed to the kingdom of Caesar or any human kingdom, in this new social order, he teaches that the first will be last and the last will be first, the greatest person will be everyone's servant. Jesus is advocating for the overturning of the social order, an upside-down society, which is a hyperbolic way of saying a leveling of society. It's a solidarity movement among the peasants, which includes the outcasts. Faith is solidarity. They have faith in God because God is what they call the life force of the universe in their tradition. And in the rhetoric of the gospel, God is on the side of the downtrodden and the outcasts. In fact, God ultimately gets crucified by the empire for being on the side of the poor and the outcasts and joining them in their struggle for a new and just society. And that is what I'm arguing for, that kind of solidarity, that kind of faith. It's not primarily an intellectual faith, a faith that calls us to believe in things we know are not true. It's faith in motion, keeping faith with each other, believing against much evidence to the contrary that there is a life force in the universe, no matter what we call it, that is love. And that like love, this life force, God, can be forgotten, ignored, laughed at, even crucified. But it always rises again to give us hope. Jesus in Luke says, The kingdom of God is among you. And Genesis 1 tells us that the image of God is found in human beings. And in Matthew 25, Jesus says that he is encountered in those who are homeless, hungry, naked, or in prison the god of the gospel is found at the bottom of society and in the most difficult situations because the spirit of that god the holy spirit is that which heals us collectively and binds us together and as 1 john 4:16 says god is love the gospel is telling us That love is found at the bottom of society, in the most difficult of circumstances, when we decide that we are going to pull together and take care of each other, even the most vulnerable. That is God. That is solidarity, and that is faith. And that is what I'm arguing for. I don't care about the God of Christian dogma or God that is found in safe sanctuaries or in safe theology, I've said it before and I'll say it again, the best way to mess up your theology is to read the Bible. The Bible is a crazy, insane book or set of books. And sound Christian theology can't contain it, can't tame it. And the Bible cannot contain God. God is found when we begin to love each other. When we begin to love every other even the most broken, and those that scare us. I'm now 57 years old, and I've barely begun to have faith, because I've barely begun to be in solidarity. I've tried, I've done many things, and I continue to try. For many years I've struggled to have faith. I once thought I was led to believe that faith was found in right theology, or in a formula for a right relationship with God above if I only believed hard enough and kept believing. But really, the gospel story was telling me that faith is found in dying and healing and redeeming love. It is found only in that action and experience. And after all these years, I can say I've barely begun the journey of faith. And I walk this journey with people of all faiths, and with people who claim no formal faith, many who identify as atheists, who are often the most faithful co-laborers in the struggle for love. Jacob wrestled an angel and then found the face of God in his enemy, of whom he had been afraid. That is the struggle of faith. It is the struggle of love. And that's what I think I might say in my opening statement. My name is Bert Newton. If this is your first time listening, I encourage you to go back to episode one and begin listening there. There are 67 regular episodes in this podcast in which we take a journey through the gospel of Matthew, unpacking its story of Jesus as a peasant leader of a nonviolent movement for a new society that he calls the kingdom of heaven. Each episode explores literary, cultural, and historical context, passage by passage. And if you are a long-time listener, thank you so much for your faithfulness. May you continue your journey of faith to love your neighbor, perhaps even your enemy if it is possible, and to be in solidarity with all people, especially the most desperate and marginalized. And may we all wrestle with angels. This has been a special episode of Bible Study, Parody and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel.